What's your favorite fast food? It depends on your definition of fast food. Like, I'm thinking McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. Of those what's three, the, I prefer Burger King. <laughs> Burger King's your favorite. Yeah, of those three. My favorite fast food is probably Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please put that sound clip in there? <laughs> I love Long John Silver. Long that, John is, that is so I, I know the are here as our guests, but we have to have this episode be about Long John <laughs> Silver. Also, that is so oh, That's just also hysterical. just the straight up worst one. Literally, like, the, just literally the, worst. the funniest thing you could yeah. have said there the is only, Long John Silver. The only good part about Long John Silver is the like the, the fried, love, um, the fried the crunchy stuff. At yeah, the you can get that as like one of your sides. Extra crunchies. Oh. Where they literally give you their garbage for a side. I've literally never eaten there what do you get there like fish sticks you get like a fish sandwich i, I get the deep fried chicken i i look their chicken <laughs> what's your favorite place fish place what do you get there chicken <laughs> and the hush puppies and the fries and and the whole thing you know oh, and gosh, if you take your hysterical. kids there and you can find a place that has a dine-in option they still give oh them pirate God. hats Okay. Well, maybe we can ask Nathaniel and Eve Marie Ide, our guests today on the podcast, if a Long John Silver's is going to move in downstairs oh. into the new restaurant incubator. I, there's not a single Long John Silver's in Lansing. I think there's one. There's one on the west side, I thought. I don't think so. Yeah, I anyway. feel like there's one down, down towards Holt on Cedar. Well, okay. Nick, you ask them. Let's see if yeah, they can get one. We'll out. see. So anyway, Eve Marie Ide, Nathaniel Ide are our guests. They're our landlords. They are of Ide Development. Uh, they're our guests on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's true, though. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Don't yikes me. It was, a, it was just a, a thing that I said. <laughs> that I regret saying. On a podcast that was recorded. <laughs> that everybody can hear. That was hear. sent out to thousands of people. Oh. Really? Thousands? Oh, six. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on his it's always here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Save that! <laughs> so welcome back. This is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies team. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We've been away for a bit. Yeah. It was spring break for a while. We did some traveling, did some breaking, some spring breaking. I but did we're some back. sitting. <laughs> Carly did some sitting. But we're back. Uh, we're back again with uh, some great guests today. Let's go around the room. It's, uh, we're missing a few, but we got some hearty few here with us. So, yep. Nick. Nick made it. Nick DeLuce here. Carly Buell. Joe Bashy. And again, this is Matt Resch. We are a um, public relations and a public affairs firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. You can find all of these podcast episodes at our website uh, at reststrategies.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the great places you can find all of those things and listen to our podcasts and check us out. It's the, it's the place to be. So today we are going to talk to someone who we, we have the privilege of like, we get to see them all the time. They're like right across the hallway. There are landlords, the, the Ides, Eva Marie and uh, Nathaniel. They are of Ide development. They 
own and they cleaned up this lovely building that we get to have our office in. So we're going to talk to them in a little bit, learn about the family business. They've got a huge family, one that's been mm-hmm. working in the real estate biz in Lansing for a couple generations at least. And then the fun thing that we figured out and doing some research about this is that a couple of them are movie stars, TV stars. Mm-hmm. Is that too much to say? I don't think so. But I, I mean, I do. I'm I'm disappointed Nick, that we had this episode planned out and did not schedule and set aside enough time to talk about Long John Silver's and and your fast food. But mm-hmm. sorry, maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> anyway, people haven't tuned in to listen to that. They have listened. They've tuned in to listen yo, to yo, <laughs> Eve, Eva Marie and Nathaniel Ide, the Ides. So the Ides are with us. It's Nathaniel and Eve Marie. Big brother Matt has big timed us here. He was supposed to be here. The big man has big timed us on the podcast. We're supposed to have the three siblings who run the Eid. Well, well, the Stephanie's big timed us on the podcast. Oh, so she for, hasn't been here in three right years? for three seasons. Yeah, so. yeah. we're used, so to, we're used it. to it. But thank you so much for being with us. This is fun. <laughs> thank you for we've, having us. We've been neighbors. We looked across the the uh, Naps Building atrium before four or five years now, since 2000, I guess, 19. A lot of hellos. A lot of hellos. A lot of elevator rides. A lot of Mm -hmm. awkward bathroom chit chat. Yes, the bathroom chit chat. (laughs) Not with me. No. Not with you, no. But I'm told that's an eyed thing. I mean, you've said to me, Nathaniel, you know, my dad used to always like corner people in the bathroom. I I love running into you because I give you a different story about my dad every time. And it's it's always another story, and I take I put on his voice. I'm like, "How you doing, Matt? It's good to see you. What's going on over there next to you?" Don't take this the wrong way, but if I if I see you run, going to the bathroom, I like, you know what? Let me just check my phone quick here. I'm gonna... I know. You know, it's good. I think that happens a lot. With I'm that guy. You're not the only one. Good. No, okay. I thought this was good. We were we've been talking about this, and we'll get into a little bit of the side reason why we wanted to have you on here. It might have to, might or might not have to do with some movies. Mm-hmm. That sure. you've appeared in, sure, maybe even made in another uh, life. Yeah, and it's too bad. Well, maybe Matt is going to regret not being here because of that conversation because he stars in a number of them. Well, he was also the one in the family because all of us were were raised in sports and in arts, and he is the one, at least as far as uh, actual work experience, he's the one with the most television credits. And mm-hmm. people would stop me from time to time and said and say. Uh, I saw you. I saw you on Law and Order, or they say I saw you on um, Shameless, mm-hmm. or they say I saw you on um, Monk. Monk. He, was, he just he has a bunch of television credits, yeah. and every time they would say that to me, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Can we just talk about this now? Like, how did sure. you guys start doing that? What's what's the story of you guys getting involved in acting and TV and producing films and all so, that? So, I had flat feet. I'm the oldest. That's the truth, though. I had flat feet. Of six, right? Of six. six. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if the doctor, Dr. Comstock, everybody who grew up here had him, that the way to get my feet to improve the arches was to take dance. So... um, so that was first grade, and I and we all took dance. I mean, so I took dance, and then I think probably, probably my sister, Sarah, took dance, but then they needed boys so then <laughs> my mom just she put us all in in dance and yeah. we studied with theta asif and then there were the plays we studied um then we took some drama lessons because everybody really liked 
acting with Winifred Olds and you guys are everybody unless you grew up here um we're, we're older actually than I'm older than everybody in the room but Winifred Olds was involved in drama um at the barn theater mm-hmm. and then the high school plays and then I think the the bug kind of hit um you know I studied acting and and, and everything in college and then I went to a little bit of grad school at Northwestern but um Matt Nathaniel went to the Academy of Dramatic Mar- Art mm-hmm. but they also did other things too but I think it was just fun and and um then then they both went to California yeah. We we um that's that's about the path of it. But anybody, if you ask anyone if they'll play a sport, you'll play a sport for as long as they'll let you. Mm-hmm. High school or college or if or the pros. The same thing with um if you if uh if it's music, if you're with a band, you'll take that as far as they'll let you. The same thing is with um with acting. If you get to get on a TV show, you'll do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we we're like, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. That's 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 what that looked like. From a from a loose standpoint, but Matt is the person who would actually do. He continued to get credits and do things. I, I was a little more involved in the production side of it. Um, so I, he, but Matt went to school. I mean, he played football, right? He went yeah, Big, Big he, Ten. Did he even go to Iowa? Matt played for Iowa. All, yeah. all the the guys played football. Nick and I uh, okay. played at small schools in Minnesota, okay. and uh, Nick a little bit in Europe. So you just take it as far as as you. As so then you know. got done with that, but you went to college for 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 that, or you did the theater stuff. I, once I, you got done. I studied I studied history in college. At a, at okay. A, nobody ever studies what they're going to do, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> there me you too. Go. So you head off to California, and to, and what you were. I mean, you, you got in stuff. A lot I, of people go to California and never never make I it. Was, anyway. By then, I was doing commercial real estate. Okay. By then, I had already started focusing a little bit. There was some production. Like we probably some of the stuff you saw was was film production stuff we took to South by or took to Tribeca mm-hmm. or um, whether it was short films or or starting to get into the financing of independent. But by then is when I started looking at commercial real estate. And one thing my dad always said to me, he said, well, you're doing this or you're doing this. He said, well, when he, when you get around to my business, he goes, you're going to find out it's the most creative of any of that. Hmm. That's not exactly the way he said it. <laughs> get out of that business. Do this. It's the most creative thing ever. And you know what? He wasn't kidding. Yeah. So is I mean, it was a bit of a surprise to us. I mean, in, to find these cre- these credits because I, I just know you as our landlord and the folks across <laughs> across the hall to find like you're in these movies. Do, do people in town know this about you guys? It's not something. It's it's probably do, old people do, yeah. but it's not. It's it's not. It's a different. It's a different life. Well, they'll know now. <laughs> Good. Cool. All of our listeners. We will, be, put, we'll be putting the, the links in the. Oh my gosh. Which, which oh, yeah. era of Law and Order? Are, am I watching to, to see? Mm. That was a while ago, obviously. We're talking early 2000s. He's got a great demo okay. reel on IMDb. He does. It's just, good. Just, it's a great he reel. He just screams it's great. grumpy cop. Like It's like you look at that and like, yeah, this yeah. is Yeah, totally. My, our poor mother, they would um, say, well, what's, what's Matt doing? Well, he's a thug, a rapist, a killer. Uh, <laughs> so is this something you guys don't do anymore because you just don't have the time or would you be doing it if you did have like what's what's so the reason for go ahead it's the next generation it's the next generation both both my kids are in ballet okay, okay. um both your sons are hams so we've got <laughs> we've we're we're uh it's 
that chapter for me, I, I believe is, is it's closed. Okay. I pro, I may, um, I was, I was just, I just walked into ballet class yesterday. I don't, I don't feel like it's missed because it's, because I, I can already see what it, what it looks like. Plus the days are a little full with mm-hmm. what we're doing. So the one about the secret service agent dancer, the five minute short, everyone can watch this one because it's, it's only five and a half minutes, but this, and you and Matt just start dancing at the end. I'm like, well, this is, well, this is weird. That, and now, now that. to know the backdrop story about how you've been dancing forever, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I it, mean, that might be a stretch. Perfect sense, it, but it was, it was, you all knew what you were doing. It's so <laughs> the cast, despite some of the, let's call it genre changes that happened in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cast was all it was me and Matt it was another guy who used to play quarterback for UCLA and another guy who's who you'll see playing uh, on on episodics as like a, a mafia guy it was all dudes and then the little girl mm-hmm. who is now in her 20s is um, oh with the Seattle Ballet oh wow oh, really? yeah yeah so it's fun. It was a fun. fun. It was a fun. That's a, it was. We loved watching it. <laughs> we loved wondering, well, what happens to the girl? They all just start dancing. Does the girl get away? Big genre change. Big. Genre. We, we went from an action movie to a musical. Yeah, we were all sitting there like, whoa, okay, now what's happening? <laughs> oh yeah. So you talked a lot about family. I get the sense, big family. Family is very important, and I think for people driving around Lansing, I'm not from Lansing, but. The eyed name, because you're in real estate, is on everything. But let's start at the beginning, because it's there are two there are two families, right? Your bro- your your dad and his brother. There was more, even there's, more. There's it goes back a generation. Okay. My um, my grandparents had five. They had seven children. Seven. <laughs> five of seven. them are are men. Okay. Um, That's embarrassing. And <laughs> and all five of them went into the local. Lansing real estate business wow. competitively or <laughs> no, um, well, talk about a sibling how, rivalry. How could it not be? But right. they, it, I, I don't, it really wasn't as much as you might think. I, you know, way back when, cause that was, um, George and George and Lou, um, I'd set up their, their business in 58. So I think the way that we're told we were, we weren't around back then is that, you know, Somebody took the east side, somebody took mm. the west side, uh-huh. and you know, and so they kind of split it up. But there were certainly, I think, once in a while, like you know, I'd like that. No, it's mine, and right. But um, you know, the only one there's one 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 man left: our uncle Sam and our aunt Marion. Okay, and they started. They started like my dad and my uncle started in the business. Even though it's a bunch of guys, there's you could make the argument that there was a there's a a matriarchal bent to it. Their mom, her name was Eva, after which uh, partially at least Eve Marie is named, mm-hmm. um, was a top, my dad would always say, she was a top seller at Hudson's, at JL Hudson in Detroit. Well, she was entrepreneurial. She was driven by sales. After she married my grandpa, they moved to East Lansing. Her dream was to open a dress shop. And uh, one of the things she did was to purchase some land with the intent of, of opening that shop, found out it was zoned wrong, and then sold it, and sold it at a premium. Um, and 
that sort of put in her mind an understanding, a different understanding, because she was working in the retail mm-hmm. business for clothing. Give her, that was her first understanding of land value. And, and that, I believe, just from hearing the stories, I think that had an effect on where the the boys or the men went into the business because they all went into that same business from land development. We're in three three businesses. That's the way I regard I development. It says development, but we're in three businesses. We're in the business of property management because when you own a piece of real estate, you have to manage it. Mm-hmm. We're in the business of development or redevelopment as the building we're sitting in attests to. And we're in the business of uh, real estate investment, which is when you uh, fly the black flag and you go buy somebody else's uh, <laughs> stuff. And, and that's that's um, probably the most lucrative of the three businesses. But the, those are the three. That's what we do. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. So can you um, speak to how the three of you kind of came back from the things you were doing to come together and run this business as a group of three siblings? Like, what's the story? Of, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll speak to mine a little bit and let Eve Marie speak to hers. I was... Involved in um, in arts at that time, but even in New York, where I was before, I was doing selling condos and co-ops for Douglas Elliman Realty in New York, and then for, for and then in Los Angeles, it was doing brokerage for Marcus and Millichap in Los Angeles. So I was learning a little bit about a, the business then, and then for what I thought would be a short period of time, um, joined the company uh, in twenty at the end of twenty ten, beginning of twenty eleven. And said, you know, I might go back to might go back to California after a bit. Um, within about six months, uh, nine months, my my wife and I uh, just implicitly and explicitly said, we're not going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, that was that was my path or career arc back. Um, Eve Marie and and Matt's are a little bit different, but. And, and Matt, you won't hear Matt's, I guess. Because you he, can make it up. Nathaniel came back first and Matt came back second. Matt had a fitness business that was actually, it was really successful. And um, he sold it and and came back. And it was, it was, you know, a conscious decision on all three of our parts. Our, our dad, and, and, and this is kind of part of the story too, he would call you every day. I mean, he would call me every day. Um, when are you getting married? Ne- <laughs> never. Um, how's your car? Good. And when are you coming home? Never. <laughs> Every day. Can I talk to mom? Sure. <laughs> that, would, that would be the extent of it. And um, I was in the luxury real estate, luxury retail, real estate, retail industry in, in um, for Chicago and then Manhattan. And it's super fun. Had a, it was it was great. I worked for many many brands and um, worked really hard. I was obviously single and traveled all over the place, and um, I had obviously had an ownership interest in this. And I knew my dad was you know starting to get up there, and um, I wanted to come back and honestly spend time with him and, and educate myself about the business. It was it was at a time after the two thousand eight. Um, Financial situation was um, we were coming out of that. It was it was 2013, 14 for me, and I thought, well, I can either, you know, try to be a president or CEO in my industry, which is what would have been my next step. In New York, though, 
we worked a lot when I first got back here. It was like, you know, I was ready to go and still at the office and nobody was there. And it was like, oh, this is really different. But I also, the flip side of that, which is it's not the reason I came home, but it's the reason I stayed, is that I decided to have um, a child on my own, completely on my own. And it just, you know, once you have family around you. And then I decided to have another one. And there's no way I could have worked the way that... You have to work in New York and have two children. It's more difficult to have one. So um, luckily I got to spend four years with Dad. And and, ha- and he got to know, you know, both my children. Uh, though it was not, he was, My youngest son was nine months when he passed away. But that was really the benefit. And I love working with my brothers. I mean, um, it's, I like to work. I, it's, it's important to me. I, I couldn't just stay home as much as, you know, sometimes it's tempting, right. you know, but it's it's a blessing to actually work together. For me, that's the best part about it. Was there a, did your dad talk about this like an inevitability? Like when you guys come back to run the business or was it just a kind of a hope he always had in the back of his head? Like someday they're just going to realize that they're going to come back and do this. How explicit was his succession plan for You know, I, I, I'll tell you this. Our dad loves, loved Lansing. He would, I lived in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I worked in Manhattan, and I, I flew all over the whole, almost world, and he would be like, you could come back to Lansing. (laughs) Okay. Um, He really could, if he came to visit us, he couldn't wait to come home. Um, And he loved this business. I mean, it really, he, he was trying to go to work on his last day of life. You know, he just loved this business. And so he really, truly couldn't understand why anyone would want to do anything else. Yeah. And on top of that, (laughs) he came, he came from a generation or where you spent, and that's coming back a little bit now where you, um, were at home. He was, he lived at home until he, got married. I think it was till it was 34 years old. So it, it, it was a different generation. Counterposing that with my mom, my mom's ethic was get out into the world and go. Uh, she's, she's part uh, Minnesota, Scandinavian, German. So you're supposed to, you're supposed to cross seas and burn boats. When you're <laughs> that. And so that was her. And where did they meet? They met in Michigan state. Okay, mm. so she and was from Minnesota. She was from Minnesota. Okay. They met her, at church. Yeah, yeah. Did her undergrad at Michigan <laughs> State okay. and, and met at church. Yeah, the, but the the two forces are one is live at home, and and this is you know that's mm-hmm. that's a mentality there. The other one was go out in the world, and so those two forces were at work within all of us a love of where you came from versus a desire to do more the one that was in common with the two of them because you could imagine some conflict there is at least the message was and and it's a great message um and he and my dad said despite not coming from any um means the message that was given to him was that they were just given so much being able to be in america Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, same message was you're given so much you better you better get up and do something you know and, and there's there's actually real pressure to to go push yourself to to um it, uh, our our uh, emphasis was not on it was never on grades 
you know, you have to get grades. Uh, it wasn't really on, on sports as much. It wasn't a, is you better behave a certain way and you'd better be doing something productive. Hmm. So there was pressure from that standpoint as opposed to Lansing versus, you know, where you would live. You just better do something. Mm-hmm. Can, like, can I ask a little bit about the black flag part of that productivity? Oh, that's that's when investment real estate is right. The no, I no, I I understand the uh, in particular the the investment real estate. Where's we we know the issues with downtown with you know COVID drove out the workforce and we moved in here and then we were gone for you know we yeah. were kicked right out because mm-hmm. of COVID. But outside of the downtown little area, like where where is the where's the next big development? Where's what part of Lansing? Where what should we be looking at? Well. I think you're going to see, I think you're in the early innings of the resurgence of downtown. If you mm-hmm. look at the, unfortunately, if you look at, like we had the announcement of the, of the first floor restaurant. Yeah. I want and, to talk about that in detail in a second, but yeah. not to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, what we're solving for in downtown is, and this is, this, this is tough to say, but we're, we're, we're fix, fixing what I believe is, is largely an unforced error. Uh, 600,000 square feet in, in government leases. And I think it's 38,000 people was the high watermark of people working downtown. Before COVID, we were getting ready to celebrate uh, uh, a, a census count that was about 540,000 people in downtown, up from a 2020 census of 450,000 people. That's more growth in 10 years than took what took place in the previous 40 Mm-hmm. And so it, we didn't get to because we legitimately believed that large segments of the population were going to be not working from home, but in real, real danger. And so now in the wake of that, we're, we have to get back and remember, hey, this is this is what we have. Mm-hmm. And it is a significant and great change that's happening. What, but it's going to be a little bit more um, public private. It's going to be a little bit more. Uh, bottom up and hopefully bottom up instead of top down. Um, and, and I'm seeing that I said, like uh, with downtown Lansing Inc, they're working on those public private uh, partnerships. They're, they're uh, sweet encounter is one example of it mm-hmm. where uh, I talked about walking out of the office one day in an empty office building and seeing a line out the door and hearing children laughing uh, at the tail end of COVID for the first time in years. I was like, Oh my gosh, I, this is, that's the first sign. And, and the, the, the residential units are filled. They're all full. Mm-hmm. Everything you build is full. They're pre-leasing down the road right now. That's the thing that I, and I know we've talked about this in the hall, but I'm like, everyone I talk to in, in the, the real estate development, you know, economic development, they say all these apartment buildings are full and it feels like there are a number, a number of them. I mean, they, they open up and they're full and yet you don't feel it. You don't, when you walk up and down the street at 1130 on a Tuesday, you don't feel it at all. You don't see what the cars park. I mean, I remember it took me a second to figure it out, but when the when downtown was completely overrun by Cooley students, <laughs> you would drive down Washington Avenue and every single license plate would be from some from some other state because they were all Cooley students who had moved to Lansing to go to Cooley. And I'm like, where are all, what, Washington, Arizona, where are all these people? From? Why are they here? And I, oh, they are here. They moved here to go to Cooley. And now you have this, uh, this real feel like there's there's no one. I think it's coming. I do think it's hard. The, the, it's something you just have to solve for. Mm-hmm. It used to be it, it, something, someone has to lead the charge back. 
and it hasn't happened yet, but you're seeing the early rumblings of it. You, you see um, the push and starting with the tech companies and it's actually GM is doing it. It's, it's, it's the moves. And unfortunately it's, it's in the form of a pink slip. It's, it's people saying, okay, we're, we need you back in or, or we need to cut this many jobs. That's those, that's the early innings of a massive wave of rehires and a pulling of people back into the CBDs. Yeah. Um, and because suburban office is already attended, we see fuller parking lots. We see that just from a, from a, mm-hmm what you're looking at when you look at your parking lots as a, as a landlord in the downtowns, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more politicized, but it's, it's people, it it's coming. It's a little slower, but it's coming. Well, that's the office market that you're talking about. The, yes. the people are, the people are here. If you go to a restaurant or a movie theater or you go, they're packed. So mm-hmm. I think the people are here. The people who are living, there's a housing shortage, obviously, I mean, in the area. And the people, are, they're at home, I think, working during the day. But they are, you know, of course, the restaurant and hotel industry is all, they can't find enough workers, whereas some of the others are. Right. Is there anything you think downtown's missing that you'd love to see get developed? Um, I think you're going to, I think what's coming like a music venue okay. to capture that, and and that's being that's that's one that my friend uh, uh, Dominic Cochran has been working on for years. Is it Ovation is the name of mm-hmm. it, and that will be coming in capturing some of what would only go to Van Andel, mm-hmm. or capturing uh, or what would only come to DTE. That's going to be important. Well, I'm excited, but not that I've been to a musical thing in years. I'm like the old man who's like, oh, this sounds great. I, I'm not going to do it, but I'm really cool. Because <laughs> the place next is right downtown, the old hookah bar thing. That, that looks like. I'm excited about that. That just feels like something that will be cool. You've got a hungry audience. Yeah. We, we can't forget what we are, even though we're... All, the thing I, I love about Lansing and Greater Lansing, and this is something I appreciated compared to all the places we lived at, we are, we are diverse in ways that only a university town that's a capital city can be. You have university professors mixed with blue-collar workers, mixed with... Um, white-collar workers of different types. You have entrepreneurs. You have a true cocktail for humanity, and those groups need... You You have you have needs in terms of um, entertainment, which is... And we're underserved in that capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, you have... Uh, like, Michigan, historically, is a, is a... Just speaking of music and arts, is a... It's a culturally rich state. And your audience that's here, now around a half a million people, is ready... For that type of thing, it's it's interesting you put you presented those three populations as as a positive, because a lot of times I've thought I've it's been presented to me and I've thought about that as the real challenge that Lansing faces is that there's no cohesive population of people. We have very three very different communities living in one. We've got the blue collar, we've got the state employees, and we've got MSU, and they're and they're not mixing. But you're that's the first time I've heard someone present it as this is a real benefit to try to build upon. Um, I do know of Michigan State's history about being sort of insular, mm-hmm. but where it comes out in the wash is is when you're a kid going to school with a professor's kid. That's you know what I mean. Right. Uh, they could do a better job of mixing the on campus uh, to off off to on the way U of M does it, the way Madison does it. But it's when when you grow up in it in a university town, capital city, and then you go out and see something else. You we're it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing to because 
I thought the whole world was like that. I thought you bumped into you, you know you just you just bump into all types all the time. That's that's not the norm, and it's something that's very special about where we are. Do you think there's anything along that specific Michigan Avenue corridor, corridor between downtown Lansing and East Lansing that could be improved upon to better integrate and connect? It it the plan is in place. You're seeing it. Okay. That's another slow thing, and and it's being done. The assemblages that you see. Like the the uh, the uh, uh, that other branches of our family, like um, uh, Pat and Scott Gillespie, who are in a, in chapters, smaller or larger, are are doing pieces of that, mm-hmm. and and it, that's good. That's that's happening. The developments that um, oh, what was it? The the apartment complexes that we saw just go up, which are a, uh, a mixture of senior and market rate and some student housing mm-hmm. um that's all along michigan you, we're, we're seeing it we're seeing it the the next in fact we're we're living in a time where we're way way under housed in lansing and that's not going to change as we shore more manufacturing for batteries or for semiconductors we're gonna have a real need for housing and it'll be along a, a big stock of that housing which needs to be sort of recast it, uh, you have all those craftsman homes between 127 and downtown in the what we're calling the midtown neighborhood that's that's old housing stock that either needs to be you know updated by, by some entrepreneurial types which which is happening i think we're on path for that so talk about what's going on downstairs so we're here in the naps oh, building yeah. this was super cool last this well we're talking it was about a week ago downtown lansing inc and announce the the new restaurant what would it's the restaurant incubator what what is it even what's going down what's they, going on downstairs? they refer to it as an incubator it's called the makata club which is actually makata is taken from the um it's uh the the material on the outside of the building which i don't i don't know if that's been actually in the press yet but it's it's sort of interesting there's some history there certainly with the um the art deco feel and um, downtown Lansing Inc. is is we've said, and I know that you know, they're just indefatigable cheerleaders for for downtown. It's their job, but it's mm-hmm. it's real. And um, and they, you know, they've been passionate about bringing this idea. They brought it to us, and um, we try to say yes to them as much as feasibly <laughs> possible because we're just kind of in awe of, of their efforts and appreciative too because it's not going to happen with one person um, or one company and, and and I do think that this is along with the other things that, that the entertainment uh, facilities that are coming it's going to be life changing for all of us down here, down here I hope you guys have all done or have you been to food halls mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. uh the new one right downtown, the uh, shuffleboard. Shuffle they're they're shuffle. doing a nice job. Mm-hmm. They are. They really, and that that place gives me hope because of the few times I've been there, the place yeah. it's been packed. It's packed. Been busy, yeah. So uh, the, it that's works. where the people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works with good operators and good operation. You know, the central bar, mm-hmm. and then a, and then good choices that are varied or thematic. Italy is an example of it. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of good examples in Grand Rapids and um, and Metro Detroit. And that's what they're doing, but they're adding the incubator piece to it and the public-private partnerships. Part of what downtown Lansing has been really good about is capturing, um, during an historic time of federal and state grants, they've been capturing them. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's big. And that's what we're going to see. There's there's a 
large bar that's going to be down there. And, you know, when Nathaniel and I were growing up, um, there was the, um, what was the restaurant called that was down there? Tango's. Tango's. If if you weren't from here, then you wouldn't know, but um, Mark Klaus, our general counsel... remembers that was I think I was 13 that was that was a while ago but it was it was a really nice restaurant and um it was where the runway um was and now the art gallery and um people remember that restaurant and we don't really I think one of the things we are missing and I'm sure you can agree I mean when Envy was open for lunch and it was people were there and we've kind of we're missing that ambiance Mm -hmm. and that availability and the other Restaurants for that are open for lunch are great, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same for a business meeting. Um, you know, if if you want to invite someone down and have an in person meeting and 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 cover something, I think the bar is going to be great. There's going to be a couple separate areas right now in the plans where you can have either um, you know a private business meeting or a private luncheon, and um, it's just going to be really good. It's something that is not we don't have it. And it, it's what, something we need very much. So, we miss Amvi for lunch. Yes. Yeah, it was my favorite. Us too. My favorite. My mm-hmm. favorite too. Can we go back to your guys' business? Like, is there, how does that work with the three of you? How do you manage it? Is there a hierarchy? Do you guys all do a little bit of everything? Did you like fall in your own natural roles? How, just, how does it work? And, and Marie tells everybody what to do. Well, and I was wondering, like, how, do, how, <laughs> does, strong how does sibling dynamics play into business? Is it anything like dynamics? the show Succession? Do either of you watch that? Is I gotta it, watch it. I've heard, I've heard you, from you people should. that we need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Whoever the most wheels off character that is, is me. <laughs> oh, I, I shouldn't I'm say not, that without I'm having seen the show. I'm not sure you want to sign up for that. I I haven't seen it. Well, I'll I'll give you an example. Like the way it breaks, the way being a family real estate office breaks down for us is like this. We have the elements of a small business. And I joke that it's a a mom and pop shop or a general store or a little grocery store. There are some elements like that. I watched, I watched, um, you know, it's the the grocery store where someone's carrying out their own trash or, or, um, that may sound funny, but there are elements of that that you don't want to lose. Even if you start taking on the the um, some of the wherewithal of an institutional um, group, institutional meaning you know big real estate trust that owns tall buildings and big cities, or um, there there are elements of institution to the building that we're sitting in. You have to you have to have that sensibility if you're going to run new market tax credits, but you have to have the elements of a family business if you're going to do something as simple as meet your tenants and 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 see them and that's so that's a balancing act but that's something that the three of us when we talk about what we are and what we're going to be is how to balance the elements of you know exactly and when we look at each other when the three of us uh, look at each other and say what will this look like for the 40 years going forward for, for um, at least from my standpoint there you got one one life you got one shot at doing what you want to do you had better be around people that you want to do this with every day that you can fight with fight against like t- cats and dogs and then go out and, and battle against the rest of the world then we can do that I could do that every day with those two so you know we we work on stuff internally work work them through and then go out and execute the vision 
How does, it flip, it how does it work on the, the flip side, the family part? I mean, I remember, just, this is slightly different, but I remember um, when I started my own business, I worked from home. I had an office in my house. And I would, my wife would go off to work. We would drop the kids off at daycare, and I would sit there in our spare bedroom and run the business. And then she would come home at 5. The kids would come home from daycare. And it would be like I never escaped yeah. my job. It was like my job was always there, and my family, the whole thing just became one place. So when one of your nieces and nephews has a birthday party, and you all get together, and you just spent the last 40, hour, 40 hours a week together working, you show up on Saturday afternoon, is it? Well, everybody wants to see me all the time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I wish the podcast could have captured the look on Eve Marie's face. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do you all do you all have siblings? Oh yeah. 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 Can you imagine working with your siblings? I did it for a while. <laughs> I had a grocery, I had a mom and pop grocery store that we both managed, that's and awesome. it was well. That's one word for it. <laughs> See, that's what <laughs> the rest you, the rest of you have not said anything. So I would tell you, do we get along all the time? No. Do we get along most of the time? Yes. We the three of us at the end of the day. We've decided that we are going to agree. So we might disagree on something to a certain extent, and then we have decided to agree. And I think that that for two reasons, because for the betterment of the business, but also because to, we sound sappy, but we we love and care about each other. And that I think is I think that is the strength of our, our relationship. You know, we're all strong. Both of our parents were very stubborn and very strong-willed um, all the time. Um, they weren't great compromisers, and and I think we have those we have those traits. Certainly, all three of us are very stubborn. We're very strong-willed, and you know, I we think we're right ninety-five percent of the time, but that doesn't make a business work. So I think that we've we've decided collectively, look, you know, I might not agree with you, but we're gonna go in this direction. And and so our dad was not so great at like leaving things at the office, but our uncle was. He could, you know, he would, you know, go like this, get into, you know, an argument or a discussion and heated, you know, there are people in this community that could tell you stories that are very, very interesting. <laughs> and then he'd come to the Family, you know, and he'd be fine. And it was a little bit more difficult for my dad, but, you know, he loved his whole family very much. And I think we are able to, to do that. We, all three of us, have small children. And we're all, and I'm in my 50s, and Matt is in his 50s, and Nathaniel will be there soon. And <laughs> we have, and we have small children, so we lived a lot of life. I think that that's enabled us, and, and the older you get, it's, it's a blessing to just let it go because you know what what's most important we know from our relationship here and we look at our kids and um we know that that's the most important thing so we're able to leave it at the office and go have fun you know and it's very very rare that we're not and it doesn't very last that last that long if we get really upset we're human you know certainly and 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 i think but we've made a commitment we did sit down with each other and say Okay, we're making a commitment to make this work, and this is how we're going to do it. And I am proud of us. We're doing <laughs> yeah. You have to, if you're going to have a partner, or at least I believe, if you're going to have a partner in your life, in your business, you have to ask. And not, you don't let it be unasked. If at critical points you have to say, what do you want? And what do you want to do? We can do this forever. 
we can stop doing this tomorrow. And you have to say, you know, you've got, I know I've got those partners in, in my personal life and in my professional life with those two, where you can, you don't have to be afraid to ask, ask that. And you don't have to be afraid of the answer. And the, the, you know, the answer is that we're, we're, it's, it helps to have a shared vision. It helps to be partnered with people who will not, who, who are relentless and who have a motor that won't stop. It's, it's nice. <laughs> but so, it, so it's a good place to be. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you both stopping by. I Thanks wish, for having us. That uh, big empty chair over there. I wish we could have gotten a third. You better give him the business. Well, he's not getting a mug. You can tell him. <laughs> he's not, not going to get the souvenir cold oatmeal mug for, for not showing up. And, and Thanks, for, Thanks for having us. We've been interested in, in what you guys yeah. are doing by reputation and, and by seeing you guys. So. Well, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun being in this building. And I get nothing but compliments when people. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Everyone loves it. And yeah. the, issue, the kids we had in here, I was. I was talking to Eve Marie before we had a, a news conference in, in the conference room this morning and I had a bunch of high school kids and when they got off the elevator because we had I'd taken them down the scenic alleyway behind <laughs> from the Louis over to here so the very scenic behind Kelly's and, and all that and so they're like this is this is awesome it was, it was raining it was cold dumpsters delivery trucks. and they get off the elevator here on the fourth floor and they they see the this cool atrium that you guys built and they're like whoa this is so Aww. cool um, and it's great to come come to work here every day. So mm-hmm. proud of you. Thank you. So. Appreciate you. But thanks for stopping by. Thank Ian Marie Eide, Nathaniel Eide. Uh, we'll be right back. That was fun. We've talked about having those guys on for a well since. We, yeah, I like them. Joe, you've yeah, been yeah. you've been advocating for the the Ide episode yeah. for a number of, I could, ever, I had ever more, since I had you more, stumbled I had across the, the movies. We, we did go along. So my, my wife has worked in New York City before as a nurse, and she has a, one of her best friends who was in our wedding is a nurse in New York City right now. Many of her friends have worked or do work in New York City, and my question to all of them has always been, "Well, did you ever wind up on Law and Order?" Like have you, and the answer has always been no, and it's always shocked me because I just assume if you live and work in New York, you've got to play a corpse or, or a, a witness or something at some point. The show's been on for 58 years. Now I've met so, Law & Order people. Yeah, no. It's finally happened. Did you watch the clips? Did you watch his maps yes. real? No. I, I, I mean, he looks, like a, he looks like he was built to be on Law & Order. That's just... That's, well, and Nathaniel yeah. looks... He's got a little Christopher Maloney in him. Yeah. From SVU. Bit. No, I think that was one of the, the most fun we've had in a, the the office for an afternoon yesterday. When well, first of all, we discovered that Laura didn't have any idea which one was which, and we thought that Nathaniel was Matt, and Matt was Nathaniel. I and could been, not and figure saying, it out. <laughs> and <had> been saying, <laughs> um, and the, the steam stumped by us saying the tall one. <laughs> um, but then to find the clips and to watch the uh, Secret Service yeah. agent ballerina was a hoot. It was a hoot. So we'll put the, we'll find the links to those and put them in the, the show. They must the be show seen. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? They must be seen. They are. They are. It's good, good stuff. By the wide population. 
but and I'm I'm hopeful. These are the kinds of folks who I, I need to talk to every once in a while about downtown and Lansing overall to, to feel hopeful to again. Make me feel some some hope that, <laughs> that yeah, you were kind of a downer. I'm just saying. I'm well. I've been here a long time. I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things. Right? <laughs> Most of them bad. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot that hasn't happened. I mean, I feel like he's right about stuff. I mean, like look at between you know the Lugnut Stadium and campus. There's so much more between yeah. those two spots now than there was a decade ago. It's 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 way better. And it feels like it feels like I don't know that someone needed to realize this, but state employees aren't coming back. So get a new strategy. So just uh, you, we yeah. can't just keep waiting for it. We just have to start putting stuff here that's going to get people to get in their car and come. Yeah. Do it. So, and the shuffle, I yeah. think, is a good example of something that might work. So the stadium good. district is like kind of popping. Like everything over there is pretty cool. That's good. Anyway, Joe, good idea. Thank you. Maybe we should go to the beer garden. Did you guys? You guys have talked about you and Nathaniel the beer garden. Horrocks. I've just the the there's a. Thai food truck that's there pretty much Every all day. the time. Yeah. Um, it's like barely even a food truck. Uh, but it is really, really good. And they don't do much. They do like pad thai and like maybe one or two other things, but it's like the best pad thai. So I've I think, seen him there. I think, I think a twice. remote cold oatmeal at Horrocks it's, would yeah. be awesome. So we've talked about it. So if anyone out there of our vast listenership has a has a hookup at, at Horrocks, let us know. We can make a contact and head out there. Okay. Anything else for the good of the order? Just skeleton crew here. I know. Our our humor inspiration of Nikki and Anna and Laura aren't with us, so. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that then, uh, for Nick, Joe, Carly, this has been Matt. Uh, I want to thank our landlords, the Ides, Eve Marie and Nathaniel. Uh, good talking to them and getting to know them a little better. You've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>